Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the pr- privilege of reading Parshas Be'ha'aloscha. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Be'ha'aloscha contains three positive mitzvos, Pesach Sheni, and two restrictions. Now, let me tell you something. Parshas Be'ha'aloscha is one of those parshios which has the two extremes to it. On the one hand, you can sense the excitement. Moshe Rabbeinu says to his father-in-law in chapter 10, starting with Pasuk 29, he has a conversation where he says to him, Nos im anachnu. He says to his father-in-law, We are traveling, we are journeying, we are going to the place where Hashem has told us. You can only imagine the excitement that existed in the air. Only, however, in our text, to be broken by the two inverted nuns which surround the two psukim of Vahibin Soa and Uvenucho Yomar, describing how when the Oron traveled and when it was restored to its place, and then it is followed by two additional wrongs, transgressions, sins of the Jewish people. So the first thing we need to know is the Gemara in Shabbos 116a, and this is quoted by Rashi on the Pasuk, Lamed Hei, Bahibin Soaharon, Rashi tells us that these two inverted nuns are there to teach us that these two psukim do not belong here. But just as the nun is the numerical value of the number 50, go back 50 paragraphs earlier, and where are you? You're in the second chapter of Bamidbar, and you are in the middle of the Torah describing how the Jewish nation traveled, that you have first the camp of Yehuda and its accompanying two tribes of Yisachar and Zavulan. Then came the camp of Ruvain and the two tribes of Shimon and Gud. And then you're told, understandably, that the Mishkan was in the middle, before the camp of Ephraim and Dun. So in the middle, in chapter 2, verse 17, the Torah says, V'nosa, that the sanctuary traveled in the middle. It is there, 50 paragraphs back, that the two psukim should include Vahibin Soho Aron, that the Oron traveled with at that point as well. So the Gemara says, why isn't it there? It's here as a buffer. It's here to prevent three transgressions in a row recorded in the Torah because the Torah itself explains the Sum Derech was created in existence before the world was created. And 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not want to place three transgressions in a row that we should not have a environment of transgression. And therefore, he put Vahib bin Sohar after the first, before the second two. Now, it's not clear what the first transgression is, so the Ramban steps up and tells us that that is included in the verse 33 of chapter 10, Vayisu Mehar Hashem, they traveled from the mountain of Hashem. Now what's wrong? You're going to say that's wonderful. We're going to Eretz Yisrael. But the answer is, I want you to compare this word Vayisu, and they traveled with one word which appears immediately after the splitting of the sea, whereby the Torah tells us that Moshe, in order to get the Jewish people to go towards Sinai, Vayasa, chapter 15 in Shmos, Pasuk 22, bring the Chumash to the table, write it down, in Shmos 15.22. In Bamidbar, it is 10.33. The same Shoresh, the same route to travel, but listen to the words. When it comes to our parsha, Vayisu, simply, and they traveled. Here, in Shmos, Vayasa, translated properly, Moshe caused Israel to travel. What does that mean, Moshe caused Israel to travel? The Jewish people did not want to leave the Yamsuf. Rashi says, Hesion Balkorchom. Moshe had to go against their desire. Why? Because the Egyptians bedecked their chariots and horses with gold and silver. And now that the Egyptians had drowned, the Jewish people at the sea were busy gathering the Bizas Hayam, the treasures of the Yam, and the treasures of the Yam were even greater than that which they had taken out of Egypt. And therefore, Moshe kept on saying, we got to go. And they said, no, no, we need to take some more. No, no. So the idea is very clearly they showed at sign at Yamsuf that they did not want to leave and here they leave without a krecht they had to go we're going to Eretz Yisrael it's 100% kosher but they should have said Oi, we wish you could stay here to get more mitzvot instead says the Ramban they run, they travel from Sinai saying, who knows, if we to stay anymore, he'll give us more mitzvot. So it's the attitude that is so very significant, and that is considered, according to the Ramban, the first transgression. And ouch, I couldn't say this, but the Ramban says, had they not run away from our Sinai, perhaps HaKadosh Baruch Hu would have brought them immediately into the land of Israel. After the two inverted nuns comes the second of the transgressions, which is misoninim. 
the beginning of chapter 11, and they were looking to complain. And who was this? Rashi tells us the Erev Rav, the multitude of other nations that Moshe on his own took when they left Egypt. And basically, the Torah tells us back at Pasuk 33, they traveled from Hashem Derech Shloshes Yomim. They did a journey of three days, and our rabbis tell us that they did this journey in a single day, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu, out of His love for them, was hastening to bring them to Mitzrayim, and unfortunately, the Erev Rav did not reciprocate with that same love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore, to them, this was nothing less than a big inconvenience, and they were complaining, how can you do this to us? And finally, the third one, complaint that we have, and sin that we have, is that this is chapter 11, verse 4, the Asab Suf, namely the rabble, once again, the Erev Rav, Asher Bikirbo, that was among the people, his Avu Ta'ava, they had a craving. And what was the craving for? Who is going to give us meat? And then they go on to say, Oh my goodness, look what we remember. Remember the fish we ate in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and garlic. Oh my goodness. And this is what they're coming and they complain to Moshe. Now, watch this. Moshe as we know from the Gemara Tainis, the Jewish people had three great leaders, and these three great leaders gave the Jewish people three gifts, each of which were the Malum Minateva, each of which were supernatural. Miriam gave them the Be'er, their source of water. Aaron gave them the Ananei Kovod, the clouds which protected them from the weather by day and by the animals day and night. And Moshe gave them the mun. Moshe gave them the food which nourished them from heaven. Now watch. What's going on here now is the incredible response of Moshe to the people. And Moshe, starting in verse 11 in chapter 11 <clears throat> Moshe says to Hashem why have you done this evil to me why have I not found favor in your eyes that you place the burden of this entire people upon me did I conceive this entire people did I give birth to it that you say to me carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a suckling child to the land that you swore to his forefathers? Where shall I get meat to give to this entire people when they cry to me, give us meat? And Moshe in despair says, I alone cannot carry this entire nation. It's too heavy for me. And if this is how you deal with me, then kill me now if I have not found favor in your eyes and let me not see my evil. Unbelievable. Rav Soloveitchik 
Sechetzadik Levracha asked a very basic question. He asked, this is so out of character of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, when the Jewish people commit the sin of the golden calf, Moshe prays for them. And he goes out on a line for them and says, if you don't forgive the people, block me from your Torah. Next week, when the Jewish people will commit the sin of the spies rejecting Eretz Yisrael, Moshe once again prays for them. So how is it that here Moshe throws up his hands in despair and does not pray for the people? Rav Salvechik said very sharply, the first two sins we spoke about, the golden calf and the spies, are sins of a theological nature. Moshe says, that's my job. I'm here to teach them Torah. But Moshe now, when they're complaining not about theology, when they're complaining about the Gashmias, the materialism, that we want meat, we don't want the spiritual food of man, we want meat, this, Moshe says, is too much for me. I wasn't hired for this, says Moshe to Hashem. I was hired to be Moshe Rabbeinu. I was not hired to be Moshe, their nursemaid. And in reality, Hashem says to him, not so, Moshe. The job of a Rebbe is to not only be concerned with the spiritual development of the Talmud, of the nation, but their physical needs as well. And therefore, this first Sanhedrin, which was being gathered of 70, was not exclusively in a judicial capacity, but here more in a social capacity to help Moshe with the material needs of each and every one of the people. But Moshe al-Gabayim, Moshe is the head of the Sanhedrin. Moshe is being taught that that is the role of a Rebbe. And I'm going to just share with you one amazing story brought down by Reb Zilberstein in his Sefer. And it teaches so much as to what and how a Rebbe can accomplish. There was a third grade Rebbe who was invited to one of his Talmidim approximately 18 years later when he became a Chosan. And at his Lachayim, he says, I want to thank my parents, my in-laws to be, the Kala, HaKadosh Baruch and my third grade Rebbe. Whoa! Third grade Rebbe, what's going on? He said, in our class, we were all poor boys. There was one boy that came from a very rich family. And on his eighth birthday, he didn't get a Mickey Mouse watch. He got a golden watch. He would bring it to school and play with it like an eight-year-old. And one day at recess, he left the watch on his desk. He came back from recess. Oh, my goodness, he yells out, Rebbe, my watch is missing. The Rebbe had no choice. He lined us up, facing the wall, and said, everybody put your hands to your side. 
and the Rebbe came, and I knew he'd find it in my pocket. And my heart was beating. I was afraid the whole class would hear my heart beating. The Rebbe took the watch out of my pocket and kept on going to the rest of the boys. Sit down, everybody, said the Rebbe. I have the watch, but I have to tell you that this time, whoever took the watch was not strong enough to overcome the Yetzirah. But I'm sure the next time that the Yetzirah visits him, he will be able to overcome him. And so I was not humiliated. I was not embarrassed. I learned so beautifully. Who knows what would have happened had I been thrown out, had my parents and everybody been involved. I would be a different person today. I want to thank my Rebbe. I want to thank him for his sensitivity. I want to thank him to show how his words were able to make me the very special person that I am. The role of the Rebbe is to be concerned not just with the spiritual growth, but when somebody, one of the Ramim in the Mir Yeshiva, the late Rabnosan Svi Finkel asked, Are you going away? He said, Rebbe, I can't afford to take my family away. Immediately he took some money, significant amount, out of his pocket, put it in his hand, and said, You need it, and so does your family. That's the role of a Rebbe. And that is Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, not only in Ruchnius, but in Gashmius as well. Shabbat Shalom to all.